Coming up this week, off-screen. Alicia Vikander raids some tombs. James Corden eats some carrots. Rooney Mara goes biblical. Arno Depachon revisits his golden days. The art world gets a square. Golam goes for a ride. And Michael Caine gets nostalgic. All those to go and more, off-screen. This is... This is off-screen. Off-screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Gunner. I am Case Allen. So, um, I just got to say, your, your Michael Caine bit, it does remind me of uh, The Trip, with Steve Coogan. Um, That's what I was thinking uh, of as well. Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Rob Brydon. Yeah. Where we're both doing a Michael Caine off, and <laughs> they're trying to do impressions, and he's like, no, <laughs> you've, you've, channel, you've, you've the got years to go of brandy and much, cigars. much lower. Like <laughs> <this>. <laughs> Mr. White. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to hear from Michael Caine later on, like podcast extras. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, oh, well, might as well plug the podcast extras now then, because we're not going to be able to fit in reviews of uh, My Golden Days or My Generation. Both my movies, strangely. Yeah, and My Generation, not about The Who. Not about The Who. That's Michael Caine's documentary about the 60s. It's, it's exactly what it sounds is like. It, is it just about the 60s? It's not about him. It's, just, it's about it, him and the 60s. Anyway, we've not got time to put it in the actual show. We'll Sorry, it. I apologise for that. But uh, we'll do it in the podcast extras where we can breathe and do our best Michael Caine. But... <laughs> You know, so get the podcast edition on Acast, Deezer, iTunes, any podcast platform you like. Uh, just type in off screen. It's in there. And there's more after the end credits. I think there's probably about 20 minutes today, I'd imagine. Something like Let's, let's aim for 20, 22 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 22, 15. How about that? 22, 15. 22, 15. And then moment cage. Well, solid. Solid. 22, 30. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Allen. So, uh, before we uh, do the news, before we do the the reviews, box office top five, competitions, all the usual fun and fun and fluster, frolics, um, frolics, frolics. So, uh, we need a piece of news to kick us off, and I believe Mr. Cage has done something brilliant this week. I mean, does a week go by when he doesn't do something brilliant? Well, he gets out of bed in the morning, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) And thus, my world continues to spin. (laughs) And he did do Mum and Dad recently, and that was brilliant. We did enjoy it, yeah. Yeah. It was good. I need to watch that again. But, um, yeah, so a long, long, long time ago, Nick Cage (laughs) was going to be Superman. He was. The role he was born to play. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah, clearly. I look at Nicolas Cage and think, how are you not Superman? Yeah. It's like him and Rob Lowe. I just look at Exactly. (laughs) You look at Action Comics number one, Kevin, you look at Nick Cage, and you think... it's a marriage, you know I mean? marriage of material and synergy, yeah. synergy, yeah. seamless, yeah. seamless. Yeah, um, yeah. He was supposed to be a Superman for Tim Burton, and obviously didn't, didn't happen. Come to pass. There was an amazing documentary called "Is It the Death of Superman?" Uh, yeah, lives? the death of Superman lives. What happened to the Man of Tomorrow? The death of Superman lives. Something like that. It's, really it's long a long title, title yeah. but a very good film. And Kevin, Kevin Smith is in it, and. Your boy Roger Waters, <laughs> not 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 Roger Waters. Uh, John Peters, that's the baseball for Pink Floyd. <laughs> John, John Peters. I would love Roger Waters to be in it. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? It's just playing money on the base. If, if you've got it. a Superman movie that's got members of Pink Floyd, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we've got Michael Caine film with members of Who. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we have got that film, so yeah. we got that. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, that documentary came out. The original film never came to pass. However, Nick Cage is going to be Superman, after all. I know. And this yeah. is in animated form for the yeah. upcoming Teen, Teen Titans, Titans Go, Go to the Movies? 
Oh, is that what is I that? Think what it's Teen Titans Go to the movies because it's the show called Teen Titans Go. Yes, the show is Teen Titans Go, and it's hugely popular. Yeah, it's got um, a big following. It has, I think, it's yeah. because it's the only superhero thing that caters to the sort the anime crowd. Really, the, sort of the yeah, not the classy anime crowd, the pop punk fun anime crowd. Well, well, I think it's that, and I mean, a lot of these Marvel movies and. You know, DC films and X Men films and whatever. When you're like five and six, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> you still you can't really go to see those, or maybe you can, but speak for yourself. My kid yeah. would go. <laughs> hey, I was I was four when I saw T two. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was nine, and it changed my life. I think it changed mine when I was four. But yeah. like, the point is, this is quite a good like entry to it these is, kids yeah. that might want to. Yeah, I'm trying to think who's, who's, who's in this roster. I think I know it's Robin's the leader. Uh, Cyborg is Cyborg in it. Cyborg is in it. Starfire from Green Lantern is one of the characters. Yep. Uh, Beast Boy is one, Beast I believe, Boy, as well. Beast Boy, yeah. Uh, there is another female character that I forget as well. Uh, but yeah, and it's, that's it. it's a wacky, it's cool. colourful... There's going to be loads of cameos, it seems. So Superman is one, Wonder Woman is one, um, uh, Halsey is going to be playing. Halsey's Wonder Woman, I know. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's interesting. Uh, Green Lantern is in it, played by... There is a, a rapper, A there? rapper called... Uh, now, excuse me for being super, super white. Okay. But, uh, Lil, I forgive you, it's fine. Uh, Lil Yachty? Lil Yachty, huh? L- Lil Yachty. Ah, okay, great. Yeah. So, and, and Superman. What, what I think, though, is they need to redesign their Superman. And just give him longer hair and, and a really we- a really weird suit. Well, I, well, I'm hoping there's a bit in the film where that just happens. Yeah, he just, just like inexplicably yeah. just grows hair and he's got, <laughs> got long hair. Yeah. Uh, if you've never seen the picture of Nicolas Cage in that Superman outfit, go what? Go, just go look at it right now. Go see it. Go, go Google see it. it. So, um, first, what's, what's first, what's first? First review of, of the week. Mm. Uh, oh, uh, Teen Titans Go is is this summer, by the way. It's out. Uh, I think yes. it's actually in July. Um, so, first review of the week, Mary Magdalene. And I know what you're thinking, right? We haven't had a good Jesus story in a origin while. Origin story. Yeah, 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 exactly that. I mean, another origin story. Mm. <laughs> you know? God, it's like Peter Parker all over again. I know. I yeah. tell you, the only, person, the only person who has more origin stories on screen than Jesus is Spider-Man or Superman. Yeah. So. Or, or Batman. <laughs> or Batman, yeah. I'm tired of seeing those parents I want, I want, die. I want to see Jesus in, like, Crime Alley. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That'd be a very different outcome, yeah. I think, if that were the case. Well, Joaquin Phoenix is supposed to be Joker. So. Yeah, that's yeah, true, true. Crossover. Okay, so this is directed by Garth Davis, and it stars Rooney Mara as, wouldn't you guess it, Mary Magdalene. And what you get is the sort of origin story of Mary Magdalene. Mm. She meets Jesus about ten minutes in, and she joins his crew. And goes and does someone does does a preaching. I suppose that's the best way to (laughs) go. Do a preaching. Go do a preaching. Has he got a sign that just says "Gone preaching"? (laughs) (laughs) That would be great, wouldn't it? Uh, Jesus is Joaquin Phoenix, so JP is playing JC. (laughs) That's how we're doing this. He's taken over from the JC that's in. Their passion of the uh, oh yeah that was that was JC playing JC that's, J- that's yeah. JC plus yeah. JC in Passion of the Sea. Uh, so you got Rooney Mara as Mary Magdalene, you got Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus, and Chiwetel Ejiofor as as Peter. No and, way, yeah. And so the way they position it as is, in piece of the denier, the the disciple. Uh, well, that's that's Peter's whole thing. Is, is that, it? that, the, is, that the, yeah. is, is Peter the one that like denies him three times? I don't think it comes up in the film, does it? I, I'm, I'm not terribly sure. I, I went to a Christian school. I remember things. I went to a high school in the Middle East, so I uh, I don't get to know any of this stuff, you see. <laughs> right, okay, here's a clip of uh, Jesus turning up uh, at a village made up largely of women and deferring to his token girl to ask just what to do. What shall I teach? Are we so different from men? You must teach us different things. We are women. Our lives are not our own. 
Your spirit's your own. And you alone answer for that. And your spirit is precious to God. As precious as that of your husband or your father. Then who should we obey? If God commands one thing. But our husbands, our fathers, tell us another. You must follow God. He's a real uh, real life of the party, that one, isn't he? Uh, so the problem is that tone actually is all throughout the film. That is the tone of the film. That very drawn out silence making you wait for the next word. Kind of an affair. Um, Somebody throw a pie or a table <laughs> exactly. in a temple. Um, right, the, the biggest problem with the film, uh, because it's not it's not a particularly great film by any stretch of the imagination. This was never, ever going to be an Oscar contender or anything like that, even though there were, there were faint murmurs of it. Yeah, I think it was banded around for a while. Mm, I think it was banded around, but I think that was more an on-paper exercise than anything else. I don't think that's based on actually having watched the film. Uh, when you watch the film, what you've got is a story that... You've got, a, you've got a film that wants to be the Jesus story from the perspective of the only woman in his life, uh, which is a novel enough gimmick. It's a, it's a, you know it's, it's an interesting enough take. The problem is that they don't actually bother doing anything with that, and half the time they just give up. Mm. There are very very uh, frequent and prolonged sequences in which Mary's kind of just shoved to the side of the screen, and we're just watching a Joaquin Phoenix Jesus story. And the problem is, I think we all kind of know, beat for beat, how that story goes and every shred of nuance you could possibly cram into it. Having said that, Rooney Moore is very good as Mary Magdalene. And Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus, he's found one of the few original ways to play Jesus, it seems, which is play him as a contemporary motivational speaker. Right. And that's what he does at times. And he's he got like a little headset mic. <laughs> the only thing missing. Yeah. I kept expecting him to like pull he's out. He's like, like... What's it, like Tony, Tony, Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins, that's Tony Robbins, from Shallow yeah. Hell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I half expected him to just take out a pen and be like, sell me this pen. But, uh, <laughs> you know, never going to happen. Uh, but nicely enough shot by Garth Davis. Um, He's the guy that did uh, Lion. I believe he is, is yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lion. Um, and the, the problem is it just goes too far into that, uh, that ethereal, very John Lennon-friendly, you know, hippie zone. Imagine all the whacking phoenixes. Imagine all the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Much better song. Imagine there's no river. Anyway. <laughs> was that too much? Was that too much? Is that where we're drawing the line? That's, that's, that's where we're drawing the line, is it? That's where we're drawing the line. It's been four years. That's where we're drawing the line. <laughs> of all the things that I have said, and all the jokes you've told me not to not to say... That's, that where, we draw, that's where we draw the line. Um, also, it is nice to see Checky Cario in a movie again. Mm. Remember Checky Cario? I remember Checky Cario. I love Checky Cario. It's always nice to see Checky Cario. Um, but yeah, they start off going for this gritty feminist origin story. They then give up the ghost and decide, you know what, boilerplate Jesus film. Problem is, they're not adding anything original to the Jesus story. No, there's by... no Willem Dafoe with, a, with an axe, is there? <laughs> None of that. Um, it's one for... If, it's one for the completists, those people who really like their biblical epics, biblical dramas. My, my dad, basically. Like the is, only, is not a big, big fan of... My dad loves Bible a Bible films. story. My dad, yeah. my dad's one of the only people on the planet who liked that movie Risen. You know the one that I called NCIS Jerusalem? <laughs> Was that... Is it, is it Joseph Fiennes? Joseph Fiennes yeah. looking for the missing body of Jesus Christ. I yeah. Think, I remember my mother-in-law wanted to see that, or I remember having a conversation with her, but yeah, 
I, I understand. Yeah. yeah. My yeah, dad definitely. will watch that and enjoy yeah. it. No one else will. Um, I would argue the same would probably be true of Mary Magdalene, but yeah. it's going to get a little bit of prestige for having Rooney Mara. I think like my top five like Jesus-centric films. Probably Jesus Christ Superstar, because uh, it is it's genuinely a great film. Dogma. Dogma, yeah. Yeah, you got to have Dogma. That's yeah. John. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I am the Metadon. I can't think what else, really. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it, two. Top two. Competitions for this week. Mm. Before we go, um, we have Paddington 2 on Blu-ray. We're giving those away. It's got a cool gift sets oh, with yeah. uh, loads of little cool Paddington trinkets it comes in. With marmalade. It comes with uh, marmalade. It comes with a sandwich box, hilariously. Oh, you got to have a sandwich, sandwich. box. Yeah. Um, and also we're running a DVD competition for Professor Marston and The Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, which was yeah. awesome. Loved that. In fact, both, both very good movies. I, I missed it, so I might try to enter that competition. I think you will enjoy. But uh, Yeah, so onscreenfilm.com in the competition section and win some swag. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, should we uh, should we get to the, the bit where you get to have some fun as well? Let's do the box office top five. What do you think? Fun is fun. Number five. Ladybird. Which we both seem to really enjoy. Yeah, it's sticking around. It is. It's it good. does seem to have it's, its really good. It's got a following, hasn't it? It seems it's to be- definitely got a following. Yeah, I saw someone that uh, had a ladybird tattoo the other day. Really? Not not in real life, like on on the Instagram. Oh, okay. On on the grams. Do it all for the gram. Yeah, do course. it all for the gram. Um, now I really like Sasha Ronan in it. I think uh, Laurie Metcalf is brilliant. In it. Tracy Letts, as you keep as you keep reminding me, Tracy Letts is great mm. in this. I, love, I want Tracy Letts to win an Oscar. At some I, point. I think he should. Be amazing. I yeah. want Walton Goggins to win an Oscar in the next five years. This I think, is my crusade. By well, the way, I think after Sam Rockwell, I feel like we can now do. I feel like Steve Buscemi's going to win an Oscar. I feel like Tucci's going to win an Oscar. Wait, 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 wait. Steve Buscemi's never won an Oscar. Steve Buscemi's never been nominated for an Oscar. Wow! What kind of world are we living this in? This is a sick world, man. Yeah. Sick world. First we lose Hawking. Now this. No. God, what happened today? Jim Bowen as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Who I, I'll be honest. Bully. I know more from Phoenix Knights than I do from like real life. Oh, and I, I forgot all, that he was even in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, watch Phoenix Knights now. Yeah. So, Lady Bear. Yeah, Lady uh, Bear. Yeah. <laughs> from Phoenix Knights. How, how do we segue this? Uh, very good movie. Absolutely must see it. Uh, do we have a tweet on the matter? Yes. Um, at that's so Ryan with three ends. Get your grammar right, Ryan. You do. He, just, he likes some end. He likes some end. <laughs> Let the man have his end. <laughs> If OJ can get away with murder, <laughs> then Ryan can, Ryan have, can have his ends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a rhyme for, like, if, if, if a glove don't fit, you must acquit. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ryan says, uh, uh, it's a quote from Phil. He says, you're going to have so much um, unspecial sex in your life, is the most relatable quote from Ladybird and any other movie of 2017. Oh, what a player. Number four. Game night. I, which I really enjoyed. Did you get to see I've this? In the end? I'm I'm trying to see it literally every day. Oh, okay, I remember um, you were trying to last week. I remember. Yeah, and, and I had plans to go see it, and then they fell through. And I've tried like four times since then. And today is literally the last chance I can see it because my cinema is not showing it. No, like, from tomorrow. So well, I think you absolutely must go and see it. I think of everything yeah. of everything that's on. If you've seen Black Panther, I would check this out next. Mm. If I, if you watch, as long as you've got Black Panther out there, you've got to go and see this now. Well, I want to um, see Black Panther for the fourth time, so I need I need a third. I need a third Black Panther that, screening. That. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I really love that movie. Anyway, we'll talk yeah. about Black Panther later because we're going really off topic. Game Night is a very surprising comedy, mm. and it's surprising because it's as suspenseful as it is funny, and it's very funny. Mm. Uh, the cast are all pretty game for it. Uh, Lamorne Morris from New Girl, I think, kind of owns the show. Mm. Uh, Jason Bateman's a lot of fun. Carl uh, Chandler is his sort of arrogant older brother, it's brother isn't it? um, and Rachel, Rachel McAdams, McAdams, who I yeah. really like in comedy. I think she should do more comedy. I like her in films. 
Well, I, I do as well, yes, yeah. too. Sure, yeah. There's an interesting article, That's actually, like that uh, Scott Mendelson wrote, I think it was mm. about 18 months ago, about Rachel McAdams, saying... It is strange that Rachel McAdams has had the exact had the exact career trajectory of someone who was clearly destined to become a star, but it just never happened. And he gives you the example on the timeline, and it's, yeah, is, is Amy Adams true. like a comparison there? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they but, they often uh, get kind of like labelled together, don't they? Doesn't Rachel McAdams have that Rachel Vice movie coming up? There's all the Rachels, my cousin Rachel. Oh, my lover Rachel. When, when we did the, the top five Rachels, yes, yes, yeah. that one. Yeah, uh, they've, they've, disobedience, disobedience. Is that the one? Yeah, but we're just going to call it the, the Rachel film. The Rachels, yeah. The Rachels. <laughs> yeah, the Rachels. <laughs> like the women, the Rachels. Has anyone tweeted about the great movie that is Game Night? <laughs> yes, um, at uh, Addy Writer says, Game Night is a complete delight. Uh, Flashpoint is in great hands. Because the writers and directors of this are doing Flashpoints, apparently. Apparently. But they have now officially signed. They've signed. Well, yeah. Which is but, something. But, but, yeah, 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 I'll start that again. Does <laughs> does that really account for anything nowadays with DCU? Mm, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Number three, Red Sparrow, Grey Squirrel. Um, <laughs> I really didn't rate this. I think she's good in it. Jennifer Lawrence is great in it, and it's always nice to see Matty Shoes, you know, biding his time until he can until he can finally play Putin. You know, he's just biding time. Now. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. In twenty years, I will be old and fat enough to be Putin. <laughs> exactly. No, no, you don't call Putin fat. No, that man's got the da- the ultimate dad bod, hasn't he? That's, that guy's the king of the dad bod. I've, I've seen him topless on a horse. Yeah, yeah. As, as one does. Oh. Anyway, less Putin. <laughs> uh, the problem is the film's not very good. Um, it's yeah, it's it's too smart, and then it's too silly in equal measure. And you kind of find yourself thinking, you need to lean into that. You need to lean into either being highbrow or lowbrow and become the film that quite clearly needs to emerge from this. What you've got is a half measure. And the problem with this half measure is it's not particularly entertaining. It tries to have something to say about female empowerment and and the way in which her life is basically upended constantly by the men in it. Um, and they, they try to get a little bit out of Charlotte Rampling for the same, on, along the same lines. And there's an irony in that because obviously that's how Charlotte Rampling's career kind of started was in sleazy, sexy exploitation films of the sort of 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, really, wasn't it? Um, but no, it's just not terrifically any good. The fact that it's at number three is staggering to me. Um, has anyone? Well, you'll be. Bloody amazing to see what's at number two. Will I? Yeah. Will I? <laughs> who's tweeted? I'll tell you who's tweeted. Um, at Darth underscore Charlie underscore. Okay. Weird hand. Come on, Charlie. Yeah, it's... Charlie underscore. Is it, maybe it's her name is underscore. Is it, is it she? Is it a girl no, no, Charlie? No, it's, it's, it's Anne. It's, oh. uh, it's, it's one, of those, one of those female Charlies. Oh, oh okay. Oh, it's one, one of them legendary female Charlies. Yeah. I know two of them. Too. Off, off spotted. <laughs> uh, it says... Uh, Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. Charlie said something about our next film. My apologies. Oh, okay. All what right. So we, we jumped the gun with the Charlie. At, okay. This is much better name. At Big Fat Nerd. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. Says uh, uh, pleasantly surprised by uh, by um, uh, hashtag Red Sparrow. I would definitely be keen for a sequel for this. Well, that makes you are you are wrong. Yeah, great, great handle. One of us. Great handle. Terrible, terrible opinions. Number two. Alright, this is the one that Charlie likes. Charlie likes, Charlie likes this Charlie one. likes the greatest Jackman. Right, can we just draw attention to the fact it has been eleven weeks. Yes. Eleven 
long weeks. Let it go to Blu-ray already. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at you as well, Jumanji, when I say that. Jumanji's still out of the cinema. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? We were going to see, we're probably going to go see Game Night at the weekend. Uh, uh, and, and Jumanji was on. I don't know. I have a bit of a sore spot about that because I tried to see Thor Ragnarok over Christmas this last year. And it was awesome. um As part of our sort of annual Christmas uh, cinema trip that we do. And it had been bumped for uh, Jumanji. I was heartbroken. But uh, can't yeah. stop the rock. Can't stop the rock. Ooh, I missed that song. <laughs> anyway, so uh, great showman. He's hanging there. It's been eleven weeks. He's still making huge, huge money to the extent that this is getting silly now. Mm. I don't know how much it's made. It's um, uh, low. Low for got a figure. Aren't we? It's yeah. one one and a half million basically last week. Last weekend. Oh, just just here. Wow, that that is... just here. I'm going to so, see how much worldwide is. That's roughly half. It's still making roughly what half of Black Panther is. And Black Panther made a billion last week. So, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Snaps. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> well played, Chadwick. Well played. <laughs> yeah. um, and also Hugh. Well played, Hugh. Um, Huge yeah, Jackman. I really liked The Great Showman. And I think the fact that it's enduring the way that it is, is kind of proving once and for all that, you know, critics... Don't really matter in the scheme, in the scheme of in the business sense. We yeah. um, there was an article on the BBC uh, with a title: uh, "How the Great Showman Defy the Critics to Become an Enduring Smash," and it has. And yeah, it really has. Hasn't like it? you, you liked it. I think it's fine. There but was... like, I, I feel like the overwhelming consensus is people, well, critics just don't really. After the screening we had, there was myself and Linda Merrick from the Jewish Chronicle. We were the only ones who enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, I think Kermode went back over Christmas, or just after Christmas, yeah. and saw it again. I, I think I think I watched a video where he was talking about seeing it again. Yeah. He went and saw it again. And he was and, like, he, yeah. in fact, Mark Kermode had the same opinion to me, where he was like, I'm not really the audience, mm. but if I kind of just go along for the ride, I will enjoy it. Pretty much that. And that's what he found on yeah. a revisit. Um, I didn't need that. I, I loved it for minute one, but I did accept that. Uh, I did accept that it does have flaws, but I liked it as this great big, sh- you know, show, showman spectacle kind of a thing. Mm. That's, I, I like an actual circus. But uh, yeah. So uh, has anyone tweeted on Greatest Showman? I'm sure someone has something to say about the soundtrack. Do you know what? Yeah, um, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Oh, okay. Bloody Charlie's back. Oh, <laughs> Charlie's back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, says um, hashtag this is me at Greatest Showman not winning best original song. Is an absolute travesty. Not a fan of Coco then, because that song is great. I never freeze. Number one. Uh, the comment I've got for Black Panther is brilliant. Is it? Yeah. I try not to look at the one we Much debate. <laughs> um, so, uh, Black Panther, which has now made a billion. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a. Yeah, it's 1.1 now. 1.1? 1. 1. Jeez. Mm. Wow. Okay, I love the film. You love the film. I love yeah. Chadwick Boseman in it. I love uh, Shuri. I love uh, Danny Guerrero's character. I love, I love everything about this movie. Yeah. Really, the only thing I don't like about Black Panther is there's some ropey CGI occasionally. But that's very occasionally as yeah. well. Yeah. I, and I, even I, then. I, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I was reading someone else saying something about uh, the sequel saying, oh, we see more like. Just no CGI and stuff. I'm like, mm. how do you get that? You like, couldn't do that you without CGI. Yeah, you could not get <laughs> that technologically advanced world without CGI. So we are talking about the car chase sequence that is you know, the big part of the marketing. You know, the, the mm. flipping car and the, the jumping. Oh, is that where you thought it was a bit ropey? Because I oh, I, no, I that seems to be getting a lot of a lot Does of flag. But we kind of knew that in advance because of all marketing anyway. Mm. Um, and you know, the rest of the film does look better than that, thankfully. But he, he, he wears a suit that absorbs energy. It's a film. Shut up. 
It's a documentary about that real kingdom of Wakanda. Yeah, about those real, yeah. Yeah, about the real, you know, Dora Maget and their vibranium minds. Yeah. Um, you know, as one does. Mm. Um, I love the film. I love the cast. I love the writing. I think it's beautifully shot. I think it looks incredible. I mm. love the soundtrack. I love the character. I love everything about this movie. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it again. And I will watch it again before Infinity War comes out. Yeah, but in Infinity and War, we go back to Wakanda. Apparently the entire third act. Oh, get in. Yeah, imagine Amazing. that. Although yeah. not unheard of, because, you know, there's a lot of overlap between, for instance, Captain America and the first Avengers movie. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah there's precedent. There's yeah. absolutely precedent. Um, and I'm fine with that, because I love I love the, the character, and I'm, I'm happy that they're all kind of going to be going back in Infinity yeah. War. it'll be interesting to see all the superheroes in Wakanda. Oh, How yeah. will they, yeah. It's going to be great, because we know oh, the whole is going to be there. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, so we need uh, some, some good songs on the soundtrack for Infinity War, clearly. We do. So if, can they get Kendrick back, do you think? Like, they should get Kendrick back for Infinity War. Oi, Ken. <laughs> do, you reckon, do, you, do you reckon his friends call him Ken? I wonder. Oh. Hmm, that's an interesting one. To be friends with Kendrick Lamar. To call him Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, has someone tweeted about Black Panther? Yes. Okay. Um, at uh, Holden114, uh, um, obviously a fan of Chase and Amy. Yep. Says, uh, Black Panther is just a male Catwoman. Discuss. Uh, no. So, um... <laughs> No, how about that? Have you got a piece of film news for me? (laughs) Before we talk about Peter Rabbit. I kind of want to discuss that a little bit. (laughs) No, the the best part, there is a Catman in DC Comics. There is, There is, there's Catman, because John Coulson and Kelly Needham and I had like a weekend-long love affair with this character where we we just became obsessed with this character for one weekend about four years ago, Mm. as you do, you know. The, the drinks are flowing, you pick an obscure you know, yeah, character let's, from 50 let's years ago. And, yeah. Yeah. Like Gentleman Ghost. I- exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> news, have I got news? Um, it's been a bit of a slim week. It kind of has. If I'm honest. It's still post-Oscar quiet, isn't it? Yeah, which is it's nice. But um, yeah, just it's more been people saying things about other things and about like other people. Things about things. Things about things. So um, one of the writers of uh, Black Panther... Mm. Um, said something pretty interesting. Said that he doesn't think that Iron Man, as in the first Iron Man film, yeah. would work with today's audience. I, I saw that story as well. Yeah. Would Would you agree? Would you disagree? I well, think this is a better debate than uh, than male cat. Than male yeah. cat. Yeah. Um, well, I am the world's worst person to ask that question. Um, oh yeah, you like Iron Man. I'm fond of the character, not going to lie. You know what? There is a point, because the douchiness of that character wouldn't really fly now, because we are, quote-unquote, more evolved in the decades since. However, Mm. I have always had it as something of a bone of contention, actually, with Iron Man, that they didn't really quite make enough of that character's douchiness. He's meant to still be a douche. That's the point of the character. He needs to be at least... 10% 10% douchier. Yeah, the whole thing that he is actually, you know, a quote-unquote good person, that's not meant to be there. Tony Stark is meant to be an arrogant, self-absorbed douche. That's the point. And that's when he is a hero. Yeah, well, I guess... He, oh, right. Oh, because oh. they don't do that in the film. Because in the film, yeah. obviously, in the first 10 minutes of flashbacks and stuff, you see mm-hmm. him being a douche. And that's he, how he's meant to be all the time. And you see that in the Iron Man 3 flashback as well. Yeah. But then he really, really quickly... 
changes changes into and... a bit of a dud. And that was apparently a whole thing with Robert Downey Jr. when yeah. he took the role on in the first place. Apparently, the thing that he made him sign on for that was he liked that it was a superhero character who, and this was his quote, doesn't go all Dudley do right. The thing is, he kind of mm. has in context. Oh, definitely. But uh, it's taken him a while to get there. But in that first Iron Man film, I feel like they could have stretched out him being a bit of a douche a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah, yeah, we really could have. But uh, and also, you know, they could have made the the initial behaviour actually far worse, which would have just been more fun. But uh, <laughs> well, anyway, more complaints. <laughs> but you know what? The Marvel universe is fine with the characters they're launching now because hey, Millennial Spider Man, African King. Uh, have a whatever Angelina Lily is, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that lady from Lost is, that lady from Lost who just seems to play like an office worker. I don't know. <laughs> that that is what she does, right? She's just an office worker. That character, who Hope, yeah, she's kind of that slash. Like an executive, I guess. Yeah, it's and, like a real non-script. That's, that's, that's kind job, of what she, what she does in the first one, isn't it? Yeah, where she yeah. works for Corby Stoll, and she just seems to. Like question his her job is to question his behaviour. Yeah, that seems to be better. Her job is to have an amazing haircut. Oh yeah, and yeah. give sass and just be like a badass. Yeah, I mean I'm a fan of Virginia Lily anyway, but uh, I always wanted to be Wonder Woman actually in the early 2000s. That's oh, you wanted it. her? I thought, I thought I thought you said you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I always wanted to be Wonder back Woman. back around the sort of when Lost first started. I thought she'd make a good Wonder Woman. I agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but that was jumping during the Joss Whedon was going to make Wonder Woman phase. Yeah, but, now uh, you know Joss he was going to make. Uh, that girl, wasn't he? Yep, but... Uh, that, that ain't happening. Let's just not, not let Joss Whedon make any more superhero films. How about that? Okay, so Peter Rabbit, uh, which is based on the iconic, you know, children's... Are they, are they children's books? Would you call them children's books? Or family books? Or Well, they are books aimed for children. Yeah. They are but children's books. Based on the Beatrix Potter yes. books. Uh, now animated, like all these things are, as a sort of live-action CGI hybrid. The live-action component of this involves Donald Gleeson and Rose Byrne. And the And the... CGI component involves Peter Rabbit and all of his friends and family. Who, who voices Peter Rabbit again? James Corden. Ooh. <laughs> and his. Oh, I'm trying to get hashtag started. Okay. Hashtag not my Peter. Not okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, his sisters are played by uh, Daisy Ridley, Elizabeth Debicki, and Margaret Robbie. There I like are. them all. I do like them all as well. Actually, I'm not really sold on Elizabeth Debicki, but I, anyway, I like it. She's good in uh, Man from Uncle. And- Guardians for a little bit she's in. I, w- were there other women in Man from Uncle? I didn't notice. I gotta confess. Because I thought, I thought. You just saw Alicia Vikander. That was just and- 90 minutes of Alicia Vikander in 60s outfits, wasn't it? Because that's how I remember that film. You've got real aversion to Army Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Call me by her name, Army. <laughs> Okay, so uh, basically, uh, Donald Gleeson is a sort of, you know, he's a he's a urbanite uh, Londoner. He uh, inherits a house in the country. I won't tell you who dies and leaves that house to him. By the way, enjoy the film. Um, is it is it Brendan Gleeson? No, oh. it's not. That's the only thing that would have on. been better. That would have been amazing. That would have been great. Wouldn't and, it? and he's got an actor brother as well. Mm. Get the whole family in. Uh, you will. You'll love it when you see the film. I'm surprised it's not in the trailers. Actually, it seems like the kind of thing they'd give away. Anyway, um, he inherits the the house in the house in the country. Roseburn is his neighbour, who he starts a bit of a thing with. Uh, Roseburn's pets, basically, are Peter Rabbit and his friends, who decide they uh, they don't like the intrusion of this uh, new urbanite who keeps shutting them out of the garden they love to raid, and they have set and they set about basically a war that will you know reclaim their cherished you know uh, farmland. Uh, here's a clip of uh, Donald Gleeson setting up a fence that's going to keep them all out. I can't read lips, but I know her. She's telling him to take down those gates and let us into the garden. Well, 
Enjoy your brief stay. Jester, please don't be like the nasty old man who used to live here. He was a real twit. He was my uncle. You didn't let me finish. He was a real... Sorry, I can't. No. <laughs> There's no saving that one. He was a real twit. No offence. None taken. I never knew him. You seem much more reasonable. Do I? <laughs> Although, I must say, these gates are incredibly sturdy. Are you expecting an alien invasion? I just need to keep the wildlife out where they belong. Well, they actually belong everywhere. It's kind of their place first. We're the latecomers. How long does it take to say, leave the gate open and let in the rabbits? Leave the gate open and let in the rabbits? Ah, oh, I certainly will, madam. And might I say, those rabbits are incredibly cute. Especially the one with the blue coat. He's my favourite. This is going to be nobody's favourite. Um, I was bored, actually, with this. I found it quite dull, quite... Mm. I mean, it literally is what you think it's going to be. I mean, from, from the marketing, you see, you go in, you think... All of the charm of Beatrix Potter is entirely absent from this. Uh, it, there's something kind of weirdly crass about... You know, this James Corden incarnation of, of Peter Rabbit. He's not a particularly endearing character. I know they're trying to paint him in this version as some sort of Dennis the Menace kind of a figure. It just doesn't quite work. Don't fly. Yeah, exactly. Um, having said that, Donald Gleason and Rose Byrne bring the charm. Why wouldn't they, though? They are both mm. great as standard. Although, I'm pretty sure at this stage, can't we just leave Donald Gleason in Tweed in the country and just bring the films to him? Like, yeah, whenever yeah. there's like an about time. Yeah. Or, yeah. Just leave Donald Gleason out in the country somewhere and mm. we'll just show up every week and make a different movie with him in the country. Because that's apparently what he does now. <laughs> you know, goodbye Christopher Robin being quite recent as well. He is just, yeah. I feel like he's in everything right now. I don't feel like. I'm happy for him to be the new Sam Jackson. Yeah, Absolutely exactly. I'm, I'm happy. cool with that. Yeah. Because you, you look uh, at Sam Jackson, you look at Donald Gleason, you think mm. that's my natural successor. Now, this apparently is being primed for a potential sequel. This is, they, they want this to be a series. Well, Obviously. I mean, go figure on that one. I, I because of... you can do shared universe with us. You do Joanna Puddleduck. There's, yeah, you there, do the there, other ones as well. There yeah. was a frog, I don't a name, but I've forgotten his name. Uh, Mr. Todd? No, Mr. Todd. No. No, I don't know who Mr. Todd is. I'm just looking at the cast list and reading things out. There's someone called Benjamin Bunny, who I imagine he's yep. actually a bunny. Yep. Um, yeah, Vivaldo is like... Hmm. They're like a litter of names or just very kind of cutesy names like Jemima. That's the thing. I imagine young children will find this fun enough in that hmm. sort of Alvin and the Chipmunksy kind of a way, but a little bit, teeny bit more Richard Curtis to it. Um, <laughs> having said that, like I don't, I think for the parents, they're gonna find this kind of a slog. I mean, I absolutely found yeah. it a slog. So the guy that directed it, um, it's called uh, Will Gluck. He's actually done some things that he's, I, yeah, he's I've, quite, I've, I've, I've quite, I've quite enjoyed. Well, I've enjoyed Easy A. Actually, mm. we're just looking at it. We can't, he's a known producer, isn't he? He's not really. He doesn't generally direct, does he? I don't know. He's directed quite a few. He's, he uh, directed Easy A. Um, directed uh, Friends of Benefits, ah. which is not the Aston Kutcher. Is that the, that's not the, the one that's not no strings attached? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. is the other one, one with JT. Yeah. Uh, directed um, uh, Annie the. The Kavon, remake of Kavon, Annie Kavon Jane Wallace. with uh, Rose Byrne. With Kavonjane Wallace. With Kavonjane Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Rose Byrne. Don't, don't ever leave Rose Byrne out. But of course, Kavonjane Wallace. And most importantly, he also directed Sia, You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Moving um, swiftly on. <laughs> take, take the kids to see it, by all means. But really, take a pillow. With the latest film news and reviews... This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. 
And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, you like a bit of Elizabeth Moss, don't you? I like all of Elizabeth Moss. You like all of Elizabeth Moss? I don't, I don't just like her hands, or like... <laughs> just not just a fan of just her knees. Yeah. You, you like her as a complete she's, she's got She's got one really nice knee. She, no, one's better than the other, clearly. It's the left. It's the left. It's <laughs> yeah. the left, yeah. Yeah, no, she's she's amazing. No, no. She was, she was the good knee. <laughs> um, right, you know that thing Elizabeth Moss has been doing for the last few years where she... Acting. That, yeah, yeah, that thing, yeah, acting. Um, no, but she picks projects uh, that like really out there art house dramas. Mm. And uh, there was one, was it Queen of Earth? Queen of Earth. Queen of Earth yeah. recently, that kind of thing. Right, this would fall into one of those. So this is The Square. And this is uh, Arnaud Desplachin. Um And this is pitched as a... Not Arnaud Desplachin at all, is it? Sorry, that's that's my golden days. Um, this is pitched as a, as a satire. Mm. And uh, <laughs> it definitely counts as one. It is largely, I believe, German. German? Dutch? I, I forget. It's a foreign language film, but it's got Elizabeth Moss in it. And it stars... It's got Dominic West as well. It's got Dominic West in it in his second role this week. We seem to get that a lot. We, we do, yeah. don't we? Um, where am I here? So let's have a look for uh, The Square. Sorry, I'm just pulling up the notes right here. Uh, so The Square, which looks, oh, you would imagine from the poster, this is some sort of martial arts film. It's, uh, it stars Clay's Bong, who's the guy playing uh, Blomquist in mm. uh, the, the new reboot of Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Um, it also has Terry, uh, Terry Natari in it as well, amusingly enough. Yeah, who does all the mocap stuff when Andy Serkis is too busy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, believe me, he's actually on the poster. He is a performance artist, mm. and that's what he's doing on the poster. So it centres around The Square, which is a new art installation. And uh, you've got Christian, played by Clay's Bong, who is uh, the, the museum curator. And it is basically his attempts to get this, exhi- this new exhibition launched, and his exploits as he does. And this involves him uh, being in a car accident and his phone and wallet being stolen and him trying to track those down. Uh, the way it brings him into contact with a young boy and it sort of inserts him into his life. He begins a relationship with Elizabeth Moss's character who's a journalist doing a, a piece on the exhibition itself. And uh, yeah, it's really out there and really odd. It kind of has the tone of uh, of Killing of a Sacred Deer. What's his name? Uh, oh, I can't remember the name. Yorgos... Your guy. The, the director of The Lobster yeah. and, and yeah, has very much his kind of tone. Um, I came out of it and actually I was asked, I was Linda Merrick asked me, um, what, what do you think about it? I loved and hated it in equal measure. And her response was, I think that's kind of the point. She's not wrong. It does seem like the kind of satirical work that is designed to kind of antagonize a reaction from you. It wants a reaction full stop, and it really doesn't care which one it gets. Although, it does at least have the courtesy to try and elicit both ends of the spectrum from you. Um, the comedy works. It, it is quite funny at times. Uh, Dominic West shows up in this brilliantly sort of, you know, hipster art community kind of a way. He's the sort of, you know, the, the typical, you know, snobbish artist guy. Um, I really liked it. The scenes in there that apparently are based on on real events, that apparently is loosely based on something that actually happened with an art installation. There's a sequence, for instance, in which uh, there's a press conference. Someone's at a press conference with Tourette syndrome, and you can imagine how that oh. goes. It's well, like um, an episode of Kirby Fugitive, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not afraid to be quite, to be quite broad with its humour at times. I thought that was kind of kind of impressive about it. Actually, mm. it didn't feel the need to try and go too highbrow with its humour. It was it was quite willing to be broad at times. 
Not that it didn't indulge its highbrow sensibilities, it did that as well. But like I said, it really wants every possible reaction it can get from you. And it it, it succeeds. Um, it's well shot. It's, I say, it all revolves around art installation. So it has to look good. And it does. It's It held my interest. It was a little over long at two and a half hours. I mean, it didn't really have any right to <laughs> be anything longer than about 100 minutes. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's more of an art house comedy than anything else. It's, it's cool. It's a, little, uh, it's a little bold. It's a little daring. I liked it. And I, I really liked uh, Elizabeth Moss in it as well. But uh, Clay's, I'm sure that's how you pronounce his name, Clay's Bang. Hmm. which Great name. Just, it's a porn star name. It's absolutely a porn star. <laughs> I feel like if his name were actually Clay Bangs, that would be a porn star name. Maybe that was already but, taken. Uh, uh, he's got yeah. a great uh, lecherous quality to him, but also kind of a cool, almost Rob Delaney-like uh, mm. sort of humility to him as well. Um, I, I liked it on the whole, but I do think it is overlong. I think it's going to challenge a general audience. But an art house audience, I think, will, will, will get to grips with it quite quickly. And I think if you were a fan of The Lobster or Killing of a Sacred Deer... I think you'll be on on sort of good terrain here, I think. So, um, have you got a piece of news before we go to uh, Golem? I believe it's Golem. Mm. So, uh, you know, I've been watching The Sopranos, and I finished watching The Sopranos uh, last week. Oh, you finished, did you? Yeah, I've kind of got like a Tony Soprano-shaped void in my life. (laughs) Fair enough. Or a Silvio-shaped... Can I do the James Gandolfini breathing? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's it's like I'm a therapist. (laughs) Really, what is that? That man, that man's breathing is a thing all to itself. So, yeah. what, what are the Sopranos? What are they doing? They do a movie or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, David Chase, um, who I believe was the creator, yeah, he's the showrunner. Yeah, he's developing a prequel film. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Would, oh, would, would you, would you be this? on board for that? I think I probably would. I would. I've, I've only just finished watching it for the first time. I think it's been... And so I just want it now. From what I was reading, it seems to be pitched as just an actual standalone movie that just happens to involve younger younger incarnations of Sopranos characters. It seems to be, yeah. We take place in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be called The Many Saints of Newark. That so, was it. That's yes. how Jersey yeah. is, uh, is affiliated. Yeah, I'm looking I, I would to see that. I, I, I would. I don't yeah. know who I'd cast for certain. Well, they've kind of already got Johnny and... Johnny Soprano, haven't they? Because we've, he's been cast in the '60s before, so you could literally use the same actor. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah same with Livia. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I just don't want to see AJ. Again. No, I never and need as, to see AJ ever as, again. As, as a prequel, that's fine. I know. That ain't gonna happen. But uh, and also, just think about the fun of like getting uh, Tony Sirico to come back and play, you know, his own grandfather or something like yeah. that. That would be quite funny. Um, there was a Saturday night, uh, yeah, um, uh, a Saturday Night Life uh, sketch um, about, um, you know, we did uh, the Carrie Bradshaw Diaries. Yeah, so Carrie's like high school student. Yes, I remember that. It was yeah, awful. Um, we we did a Sopranos like high school comedy <laughs> like. <laughs> sketch. <laughs> it's, it's Bobby Moynihan as, as Tony Soprano. Brilliant. Bill Hader as Silvio. Oh, man, I love Bob Moynihan. Yeah. So, uh, real quick talk about uh, Golem, then. Um, do you remember uh, The the Salesman, the movie that won the uh, Best mm. Foreign Language film last, last year? Last year, yeah. Um, was, it, was it an Iranian film? Uh, that was an Iranian film. This is an Iranian-British film. Oh. Um, this actually stars the same guy. I need to be quicker with, like, pulling things up on IMDb, because I'm very slow today. <laughs> this stars uh, Shahab Hosseini, who you might remember. He was literally the face on the poster for uh, the, the Salesman. Um, he takes the lead here. This is a film that's uh, shot and set in Britain. He is an Iranian cab driver at, by night. Uh, he works in a garage during the day. And this is uh, kind of a... I would say... 
not a mean street. The shades of taxi driver in there, but it's not quite as psychotic. Okay. Um, the general gist is that he uh, encounters a uh, you know, lonely older woman mm. and sort of bonds with her. And, and in the meanwhile, he's got uh, political issues going on with his family. He's attracting the ire of three yobs down the local pub who resent him <laughs> because, you know, Muslim. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Because so, Muslim. Because Muslim, yeah, because this is a movie set in contemporary Britain and he's a Muslim sat in a pub, so he, he attracts the, these three hooligans who take issue with his existence. Um, I did find this actually quite compelling. I wasn't sure what it was. I started watching this cold. Um, I missed the screening due to Southwest Train, so thank you guys. Um, but luckily the PR people were very nice and gave me a link for it. Um, I found it, despite having known nothing about it going in, quite compelling. His performance, I think, is terrific. I, and that goes back to something like The Salesman for me, because I think he is a genuinely captivating actor. There is something quite charismatic about him. And I can see him crossing over into sort of Western mainstream at some point. You know, that sort of way that Oded Fair threatened to do. Mm. You know, something like that. Um, do you mean our original Doctor Strange? Our original Doctor Strange, <laughs> yes. Oh, good God, I can see that now. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely got mainstream Western crossover appeal. And I think a film like this definitely helps sell that. Um, really well shot. I quite liked it. Um, it's, uh, Mitra, hang on, Tabrizian. It's uh, Mitra Tabrizian's first film. Uh, written by, story by, directed by. I was genuinely taken in by it. I thought it had atmosphere. I thought it had grit. And it had a great performance in the lead. Half of it is subtitled, the other half is is in English. Um, it is a, a study of, you know, dissection of, you know, culture of foreign cultures in Britain, as it as it stands. Mm. And I I liked it. I thought it was a really a really engaging film. Again, not really a mainstream multiplex film. Like I, I think it would just baffle a lot of people on that. On Shocker. That but I, I again find find the art house crowd, and why not? The latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. Mr. Allen, it's time. It's been many years, and it's it's time. So we're going to talk about Tomb Raider mm. uh, after you give me a quick piece of film news. Um, but before we do, do you want to tell me who directs Tomb Raider? Because we, we're a big fan of this man. Yeah. Um, so it's the guy that... Uh, what, what was the name of the film he directed? The, the Wave. The, the Norwegian called, disaster movie that I really liked. Directed a film called The Wave. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm talking really, really quietly because it's 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 just it's a very calm, subtle name. Yeah. Um, his name is Raw Urthorg. We love Raw Urthorg. Urthorg, we go with Urthorg. Whatever sounds more manly. Oh um, God, yeah, that's, more that's like a Viking. Just the greatest name, isn't it? Raw Urthorg. Got a name like Raw Earthog. Do you even do you even need to work? Do you, no, no. You should I'd just get paid not. for having that name. You, you absolutely should. Just yeah. literally stand on the street with a cardboard sign playing. Please ask me my name. And, and my name is Raw Uthog. Literally stood around with a cardboard sign saying, "Call me by my name." <laughs> So, uh, yes, yeah, anything quick in the film news? No. No? Okay, we'll just do two right of them. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, 
film review it is. Okay, so Tomb Raider, based on the 2013 reboot game. So this kind of ignores everything that came before. It ignores the Angelina Jolie movies. Very different tone, very different style. This is where they're taking it seriously. I mean, by contrast, it's kind of like going from Batman Forever to Batman Begins and skipping the Batman and Robin stage. And this the best stage. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, this then stars uh, Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft. You know, aka the Tomb Raider. She raids tombs. The Tomb Raider. And uh, this is the origin story, as it were, which is much the same as the game. And uh, the way this the way this plays out is she is a sort of I'd say mid twenties version of the character, kind of a, a, a rebellious uh, a rebellious nomad I would say hangs around London. She's eking out a living as a sort of delivery cyclist. That's literally what she's doing. She, she goes and does some MMA in the morning and then some deliveries in the afternoon. Mm. And, and that's it. And she, uh, she discovers that her long-missing father, who's been missing for seven years, he's played by Dominic West. Um, he's from Sheffield. He's from Sheffield. Yes, he is. I met him once. And oh, yeah. uh, hilarious thing. Uh, in, in Sheffield. In Sheffield. And there were lots of women around. And it, uh, this was around it's the Dominic time West. that um, Appropriate Adult was out. Remember the Fred mm. West thing? Yeah. There were a lot of women fans who were surprisingly aroused by his impersonation of Fred West. And they kept making him do it. I have sat in the presence of Dominic West doing Fred West. It's terrifying. I'd like to see that. It's even worse. Imagine yeah. him doing it with the biggest grin on his face and those big wide eyes and mm. about a dozen fawning women. <laughs> see, initially I thought he got that job just because his surname was West. No, it turns out yeah. he's just really good at seducing women with the voice of Fred West. Go figure. Anyway, so he's gone missing. Yeah. <laughs> Lara discovers he's got a secret. He's, he's gone to go perfect his Fred West. He's, gone, yeah, he's, been, do, doing, he's been method. He's been researching yeah. for seven years. Um, she discovers he's got a secret room in the family manor. In this room are all of his secret projects. It turns out he wasn't just a corporate tycoon. He was also an adventurer, as you do. So she discovers that he was on the trail of an ancient uh, Japanese crypt in which they kept uh, a Japanese empress who had supernatural power. And if they find the crypt now, there is the potential to enslave the human race. And the crypt is being sought after by an evil organization known as Trinity. And the crypt, of course, is on a remote island in the middle of the Pacific or whatever she has to journey to and track down the tomb. Of course... Trinity are also on the island and are seeking the tomb for themselves, so who will get there first? Here's a clip of of Lara being sort of eh, kind of set straight by her stepmother figure, who's played by uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. So they're, be, they're having a conversation in the waiting room of a police station that she's literally just been released from the cells. Listen, it's very simple. If you don't sign the papers, then everything your father worked for will be sold off. Not just the company. Croft Manor also. Can you imagine how you would feel if you lost the house? Laura, your father's gone. But you can pick up where he left off. It's in your blood. I'm sorry. I'm just not that kind of Croft. 
Alicia Vikander and Kristen Scott Thomas there. And okay, if this is the first attempt, if this is the, you know an attempt to launch a new franchise out of this, and the film makes no bones in its final ten minutes that it really is going for the franchise. This just hold up a sign that says <laughs> sequel. Sequel <laughs> question mark. Um, if this is the first installment of a franchise, I'm in. I'm totally in. Um, it, this is by default the best attempt to convert a video game to the big screen in the 25 years that they've been attempting to do exactly that. And I'm pretty much going from Mario Brothers to Assassin's Creed. Um, If we're honest, the video game movie scale is just sliding degrees of crapness. And things like, you know, Warcraft don't help. So, yeah. I I want to think of one... One really good one. That I, sh- I struggle. I don't know. I mean, do you know what? I actually think I can actually make a case, probably for Doom. That is arguably one of the better video games. I watched games. like the last fifty minutes of Doom the other day, and mm. it's just yeah, it's fun. It knows what it is. It's yeah. silly. It's got the first person shooter bit at the end. Which exactly, is great. good sequence. It's yeah. got the BFG. Yeah, exactly. What else do you want? And it's got the Rock. Every movie needs the Rock. Anyway, and, and Kirby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what they've done with this one, and part of the reason this succeeds is it is as much about the actual story about actually making a movie as it is. Let's replicate the great set pieces from the game that you might remember. Let's replicate that bit with the waterfall let's replicate that bit with the plane and let's do the bit where she jumps across the tomb and those bits are in there obviously the token weapons the iconic look and mm-hmm. like, it, it's in there cover it with goggins yeah but they're going down the batman begins route of actually setting this up properly in that way that you don't look at batman begins and see a superhero movie you just see a movie same thing here you don't really see a yeah. video game movie you kind of just see a movie. see a movie not a particularly amazing movie a predictable movie, a movie that literally plays as if you smash together The Last Crusade and all of the flashback scenes from Arrow into yeah. a movie. <laughs> I feel like we've had so many of these like action-adventure kind yeah. of films based on indie that There's... we kind of know what's going to happen. Right. right, here's the thing. Right, I, I, Obviously, everyone's seen Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. You know the bit in Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade where they've got Sean Connery's notebook and he's written like, what looks like prose and it turns out those are the challenges? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. There's a moment early in this film when Lara Croft gets her dad's notebook and reads out a similar thing and you're like... So that's pretty much our third act mapped out, isn't it? And then you get to the third act, and yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> does does uh, Dominic West say, Jehovah starts with an I? Do you know what? He says similar weird things. Yeah. It's also, he does get to say Sprout a lot. So, you know, we, so that's, that's like a nickname. Pet name pet for Lara Croft, yeah. Um, she's very good in the role. She's very deadpan. Now, that way, because of how deadpan she is, it creates a bit of a barrier. Because they've, they've avoided the wisecracking sort of indie style, that, uh, Indiana Jones style thing that, that Angelina Jolie was doing. Yeah. Having said that, Angelina Jolie fared a little bit better with the accent. You know, uh, Vikander, still good. Just the Just, accent's yeah. a little ropey at times. Right. Uh, Walton Goggins, great villain. When's he not? It's Goggins. Yeah, there's not a lot of depth, that character, but he's written in such a way that he doesn't need it. Yeah. He's kind of written as, I am just a guy doing a job. I have literally just, I'm being, literally being paid by the hour to be here. Like, I don't care. And that is the character. And, like, to be fair, Walton Goggins kind of sells the hell out of that. Um, Dominic West, you know, who, incidentally, second time playing Alicia Vikander's father. What's the other time? Testament of Youth. Oh, and, uh, was that that war film? That was the war one with Kit Harrington. Yeah. Yeah. First movie I ever saw Alicia Vikander in, in January 2015, and I dimly recall saying to myself, well, that chick's got to be a star someday. Well, that was the year when she was in every like, movie. six films. Yeah. She, <laughs> she like, probably chastained it, but yeah. She did. Yeah. Um, so, directorially, um, I mean, I think Raw Uthorg... <laughs> 
does a pretty good job. I mean, he's not. He's, it's not quite got the uh, the sort of the gravitas that he brought to, for instance, for, for the wave. wave. Yeah. But he does lean into that when he's doing this, the action set pieces. He does lean faintly into the style of of, of the wave. Other yeah. than that, it does seem to be going for a little bit more of a generic, popcorny kind of a look and tone. I guess that's all you need for this kind of film, though, yeah. isn't it? It's probably that's all the studio wanted. But yeah, pretty much from um, from his next film, yeah. Let's see what happened. Would would you go see another film by uh, Raw Earthog? I mean, hell's yeah. I think the guy's great. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's great. I'll see every movie he makes. Um, that's it. I mean, you come out of this film, you think, okay, that wasn't particularly genius. That wasn't, you know, it's not going to re- reinvent the wheel. But you know what it does? It actually does bolt those wheels onto something and go for a pretty good ride. Mm. So it's not Warcraft. It's not Warcraft, thankfully. Like I say, though, it is literally the best movie anybody has ever made out of a video game. It is basically entertaining. It's engaging enough. Mm. It's fine. It, it's it's an enjoyable. It, it, it's a six and a half, seven out of ten kind of a film. But you know, it's it's a it's fine. It's, a, it's an eight for experience for the extra experience of enjoying it. I've not seen it, but I'll give it mm. a six and a half because I'm always pessimistic. Yeah, I mean, it's quite close to a National Treasure movie, to be honest. Kind of has that going for it at times. Don't look at any of the film over a National <laughs> Treasure movie. <laughs> Where's our three equal? Yeah. Anyway, um, where is the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I think mm. to be, I, begrudgingly, I, I am going to give it film of the week. <laughs> is that just because of Raw Earthog? No, no. I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's part of it, obviously. But, uh, but no, I, I just think it was it was an enjoyable, fun nuts and bolts. You know, adventure in the jungle yeah. kind of the movie, and I'm down for that. And I think a she's great. Rumble you know. in the jungle, a rumble in the jungle. <laughs> if, if you were, if you a, would, a welcome back to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I go uh, and see Tomb Raider. You'll have a good time. She's great in it. I love yeah. Lucifer Candle. Isn't anyway. Nick Frost in it? Nick Frost and Jamie Winston are both in it, and they're in oh, it. Amazing. They're in it for exactly the right amount of time, which is about four lines of dialogue. So I'm good for that. <laughs> Van has an opinion, everyone. <laughs> Call me surprise. <laughs> call, call me by your name. <laughs> call, call me by your surprise. Have you seen that? Um, call me by um, um, uh, Monet uh, Instagram. Yes, yes, yeah. I have. They've done classical paintings. Yeah, based on. Yeah, that's beautiful. So next week, interesting week. Uh, Wrinkle in Time is out next week. Finally, Ava Duvernay. Ava Duvernay <laughs> and Oprah. <laughs> Oprah and Mindy Kaling. Guy. You know, Oprah's the only person who's actually Oprah rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Mind blown. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. Um, also next week, long long delayed this one, Mark Felt, the man who brought down the White House. With M- Liam Neeson's. With Liam Neeson's, yeah. Liam Neeson's, y'all. Yeah, oh that's, that's finally getting a release next week. I forgot that film even exists. I know. I think he probably, he's probably made like seven. He forgot that film exists. He's been making his, his ice road trucker film, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, I think Liam Neeson forgot this film existed whilst he was making it. Probably, yeah. It, but, uh, it was like, do I need to be Irish for this? <laughs> I, I probably need to be Irish. <laughs> Uh, next week as well, The Third Murder. Uh, also, Have a Nice Day. Unsane mm. is next week. But, oh, uh, is yeah. That the, uh, it's not Soderbergh, is it? Yeah. It's Soderbergh. Is so- that the one he shot on an iPhone? Yeah, because he's a visionary. Yes. Yeah. First cool. person to do that, isn't he? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> unless you're Sean Baker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the joke. Uh, also, yeah. I Got Life is next week. Uh, the mm. documentary Westwood, punk icon activist, next week. You're, gonna, you're thinking the same thing I am, aren't you? Actor-activist. No. <laughs> Ron Silver. Um, no, not, not Tim Westwood. Not Tim Westwood. <laughs> not Tim Westwood. It's Vivian Westwood. So, yeah. I want to see a film called Westwood and Westwood. <laughs> <laughs> two West, Two Wood. Oh, Westwood in Hollywood. That's a movie oh I'd watch. Oh, my God. And, of course, you know what else is out next week? 
What's that? First Fit Rim Uprising. We need a button for that. We do. We'll get one for next week. We'll, for next we'll week. get the boom. We need, yeah, we need to. We like, have one left over from the first one. We movie. need to recancel the apocalypse. <laughs> the apocalypse is back on, boys. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got all those to come and more next week off, off screen. Um, don't forget to check out the podcast edition. We're going to be talking about my golden days and mm. my generation. All um, the films called my. That's going to be our my all, section. All the my G's. We're going to be doing the. In the <laughs> <laughs> where, where my G's at. <laughs> exactly. In the meanwhile, well, this has been a Kelly Stubbridge for on screen. I've been Van Connor. And I have been Raw Earthfall. We'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. So um, yeah, I'm I'm not great at doing impressions. I think I can do about one line, about about one Michael Caine line, <laughs> and uh, I can kind of sound a little bit like uh, Tom Hardy in the film Lock when he says, "Oh yes, concrete, concrete." Yeah, that's that's the only <laughs> that's the only bit of Welsh I can do, and it's not it's not even Welsh. You know, I love that accent. movie. I I, 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 I do. really like that film, but it is it's weird good. to look back on it and think that's Tom Hardy. Literally, in a, car. a man taking a phone call for like ninety minutes. <laughs> Yeah, but also I think, why has that not been done before? Yeah, it's one true. of those ideas. It's like it's one of those movies that you can genuinely say you came away from knowing more about concrete than you ever thought. Uh, he says concrete a good nineteen times. Concrete, concrete. <laughs> um, I can Ivan do. Uh, I can do a good replication of certain scenes from certain Stallone movies. Oh, um, like one way mumbles. <laughs> Which, yeah. which one? <laughs> one of my favourites is uh, the courtroom sequence from uh, Rocky Balboa. Right. Yeah, that, Go on. that one. No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll save it for another You time. do a good Keanu Reeves. <laughs> You've done that. You've done that loads. <laughs> You're down, buddy. <laughs> People trust you and they die. Um, <laughs> What's a line of dial? Come on, Bruce Toomey. You're, F- <laughs> You're not an FBI agent. <laughs> oh, is, is it officer? FBI agent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you seen uh, what the How Do How Do This Get Made film is for this week? No, Johnny Mnemonic. Oh man, yeah. I watched that a couple of years ago. I'm gonna have to rewatch I, it. I, I, I just revisited. I went through a it's phase brilliant. about three years ago where re-watched I revisited all the bad Keanu's. <laughs> I just did all the crap '90s sort of cyberpunk films. Mm. So I did things like Strange Days and and Johnny Mnemonic. And did you watch Tank Girl? Tank Girl. That was one of them as well. Uh, I for some reason I included Double Dragon on that list. What's you know, Double the, Dragon. The video game movie with Robert Patrick as the villain? I don't think I've ever seen that. After Terminator 2, Robert Patrick got a role as the villain in Double Dragon. What this basically involved is it's a kung fu movie. It's based on the, the old NES game. It's two twin brothers. They're ado- I think they explain it in the movies that mm. they're adopted because one is Asian and one is American. The American one is Scott Wolf. Remember him? Right. And, uh, and the other one I feel is... like Scott Wolf needs a button. I think the other brother might be Mark Dacascus, mm. I think. But Robert Patrick's the villain and he wears this. It's like a proper suit, but it's fitted like, an, like a, a vanilla ice suit. He also wears sunglasses and has the most quaffed bleach blonde hair you've ever seen. And a completely different coloured beard. Hmm. It's it's a bizarre movie. Alyssa Milano plays the love interest in it. Okay. And uh, there's an army of rollerblading teenagers. Not an army of hammers. Not an army of hammers. Or army of lovers. If you're, if <laughs> army, of peaches. <laughs> army of peaches. <laughs> army of peaches. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was my 90s uh, crap vest, as I call yeah. it. We, we, should, we should have Virtuosity a 90s. Nin- was one. Oh, of course it was. We need to have a 90s crap fest. Eh? We, we should do that. We do that. Let's, let's do a 90s crap fest. Because yeah. you enjoyed Disturbing Behaviour when I showed you that. I really enjoyed Disturbing Yeah, it was... It's essentially the Stepford tweens. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. yeah, but it was... Who was in that? Was it, it Marsden? Marsden's in it. 
Mm. Um, I forget who else was in it. Casey Holmes was in it. Remember Katie Holmes and uh, what's Nick Stahl? Yeah, Nick Stahl, who's the I actually met Nick Stahl years ago at a convention. Mm. Um, it, it was just no no one was like going up and talking to him. He was all on his own. Hmm. I mean, poor, on poor one, at one end of the table was Nick Stahl, and the other end of the table was the Weasley twins, and they were just being ignored. And I thought, I'll give John Connor the time of day because he was John Connor. Damn it! What the Weasley twins being ignored? Like no one wanted what? to see the Weasley twins because they got at every bloody convention. I bet Donald Gleeson was there. For like, uh, <laughs> we had to see the moody one that follows, follows all the rules. I never thought about that. On. Both Gleesons were in Harry Potter, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Mad-Eye I'm, I'm, is... sure, I'm sure that his brother is in it as well. No, point. probably. Yeah. By the way, have you seen the Fantastic Beasts trailer? Yeah, can we talk about it? Because yeah, because I think it looks crap. I don't know. I, I kind of nothing it, to be honest. I'm just... Mm. Yeah, I'm very unmoved by it. I can see the attraction for Jude Law as Fit Dumbledore. Fit Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people have been calling him um, uh, Dumbledick. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fair enough. Uh, uh, Dumbledaddy. He seems to be a big fan. <laughs> he seems, yeah, he seems to have a lot of fans in, in certain communities. In certain communities. Yeah, yeah. I can, well, ca- I can character is an LGBT yeah, character now, isn't he? Yeah, which is amazing, yeah. But, uh, well, it's one of those many things that J.K. Rowling just decided to bolt on Retcon. to the backside of the fan base, sort of, you know, willy-nilly, yeah. which you could be bothered. Are we, are, we, are, we, are we back to this? Are we back to... Bashing a billionaire. Uh, I just, I just can't stand her. I really can't. I just, I wish that franchise would go away. It was done. It was over. We were free. Dobby was free. Now it's back. I don't know. My favourite part is when Dobby dies. I never liked Dobby. <laughs> you know what though? I am I'm Team Jason Isaacs. You know, in the movie, yeah, I mean, yeah. Man, but you know, in the movie though, I mean, Dobby's death lacks a bit of a punch because half of his appearances in the continuity have been removed for the sake of time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he had an enormous subplot in the fourth book. Yeah, that's then taken away from the movie. But... There's a lot going on in Goblet, though, isn't there? No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you need to just move things along. You need to get to Francis Delator. Come on. <laughs> Which movie is it that had Ian Brown in it? One of them, I, I had Ian Brown cameo is he in. Brown in one? Is he? Jarvis Cocker's in one. Jarvis Cocker's in, I think it's Goblet of Fire when they have like a prom. They're, they're in the band. Yeah, they're yeah, like a prom, prom and it's yeah, Jarvis yeah. Cocker's. I think Ian Brown is in it at one point and he's like sat there, he's in Hogwarts or something. He's in like the, the pub. So he play like a, like a magic monkey. He's just sat something. there in the pub. That's it. I think that's Ian Brown. That's what you want for me. <laughs> you were going to look that up. Of course I'm going to look this up. <laughs> I don't know which one it was. 2018. I don't need to like yeah. wonder about I don't about know which one it was. Just look but, on Google. You know. Ian Brown, this is a this is a great podcast. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's totally, me yeah. me googling. You google? Yeah, I can go with that. Ian Brown, <laughs> Harry Potter, Harry, Harry Potter three. Oh, right. oh, is it Azkaban? I it think it might be like actually. Yeah, the uh, yeah, Al- Alfonso Cuarón. That's the one, the Cuarón movie. Yeah, yeah, the the good one. The good one that had... Uh, it's a lot of people's favourite. I'd, I'd probably say it's my favourite as well. I think mine as well, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It was my favourite book. Oh, totally. And it's the first one where you see uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gary Oscar and Oldman. A, seri- oh my God, a serious Brown. no JK. That, that is Ian Brown reading a book... In the, stirring in the pub, isn't some it? kind of coffee. Does, does or... he stir his? Am I right in thinking he stirs his tea magically, like with his finger? <laughs> he, looks... he holds his finger above it and stirs it magically, doesn't he? The spoon moves like so. Do you know what he's reading? What? This is bizarre. It's Stephen Hawking, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. A brief history of time. He's reading a brief history. Yes. It's it's because obviously today Stephen Hawking passed away. Yeah. Everything's coming at Millhouse, huh? Not not Stephen Hawking. Not Stephen Hawking. Yeah. No. But oh, actually, he was bizarre. in The Simpsons. So yeah, like, I kind so, of yeah. <laughs> 
And he say he was incredible. This has turned into a bit of like an obituary for Stephen Hawking, which is fine. Mm. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's he's in quite a few Simpsons episodes, isn't he, Stephen Hawking? Well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he did, they did Star Trek: Next Generation, uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I, I read about Star Trek. He was the only person to play himself. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. Was um, in Futurama. He was in Futurama. Yeah, which uh, makes sense, in yeah. Star Trek, he's a hologram. He's a replicated hologram who plays poker with Data. Yeah, because isn't Data playing poker with like the most brilliant Isaac minds? Newton, Albert Einstein, yeah. Stephen, Hawking, Stephen Hawking, and then I think there's like a token Vulcan or some, someone. Token uh, Vulcan. Yeah, oh, that's a bad name. Token Vulcan. <laughs> token Vulcan. Oh, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, we we, we have mm. reviews. Let me try and shut one in. Um, yeah, we we are a film show. Yeah, we are. Yeah, okay. My golden days. Let's let's talk about this one. Mm. Uh, this is the one by Arnaud Desplachin. This is apparently a prequel to one of his other movies. How long have you been practicing that name for? Uh, I gave it about 10 minutes effort before we started the show, if I'm honest. That's not the amount of effort that anything mm. needs. Really. Right, this movie came out three years ago. It is now getting a UK release. It is... Wow. <laughs> I know. It is the prequel, apparently, to My Sex Life, which is, uh, I think, a 2006 movie, um, starring uh, Matthew Amalric, who returns here as that character. Mm. Uh, what it is, it, it, what it involves is Matthew Amalric's character preparing to leave Tajikistan, where I presume... I, I don't know. Did he leave that in the other movie? I've not seen it. I don't I know. Don't know. Um, and he starts uh, thinking back to um, events from his teenage years. So, for instance... Uh, at the time, he went and lost his virginity on a trip to, a trip to Russia, uh, which was then still the USSR, and uh, how his mother went mad, and how he just hung out with his friends. That's the movie. Um, to be honest with you, I think a lot of it was lost on me for having not seen the other film. I mean, they didn't really tell you in advance. It was just, you know, it's just the latest... You know, foreign language just a thing. drama that was being yeah. put out. I didn't know there was a continuity to this. I wasn't expecting to be linklated. Anyway. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? That's what we're calling it now. Yeah. I didn't expect to be linklated later. You made a franchise about something that shouldn't be a franchise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, too linklated. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Luda Guadagnino is going to do the same goddamn thing he next. Is, yeah. so, I think uh, that'll be fine. Why couldn't it be from like Lady? I'd rather Ladybird was a, was a weird franchise. That would be kind of cool. But... Apparently that... It's not going to be. They're not going to have a sequel to Lady Bird, but mm. she's going to do uh, another two, three more films based in Sacramento around the same kind of time. Oh, cool! Similar kind of theme. So, in a way, it is going to be like a mini franchise, which is which is cool. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, this is very much this is sort of an eventless movie. I mean, there's mm. a lot about characters. It doesn't feel like it particularly builds to anything. Uh, it is just spending time with these characters. They are kind of likable, but there's not an awful lot beyond the sort of day-to-day of, you know, characters going to a party. You know, okay, what's the point of this party? Nothing. There's just a party. You know, okay, cool. Enjoy the party. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Really, it goes on for just over two hours. And I want to point out that they scheduled the screening for this twenty to end 20 minutes before Tomb Raider started on the other bloody side of Hoban. So, you can imagine the fun I had that morning. I've got no geographical context. You've been to Warner Brothers, right? I think in London. In London, yeah. I've been. To, yeah, I've been to London. You I've been, went I've been there. Yeah. Uh, everything, everything there, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I went by myself. Took myself to London and everything. I had a sandwich in my bag. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was one that like I really struggled to find. And yeah. I had maps on my phone, and I just I looked like a tourist. And there was a security guard, and I was like, "Where, where is this place?" And he was like, "It's, it's here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's next to the pure gym." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I uh, remember Soho Screening Rooms where we saw... Uh, is that the swanky one? Th- no, no, that's Soho House. So Screening Rooms was the one where we saw Killing the Sacred Deer. That's Mr. Young's. Sorry, I call it Mr. Young's. Uh, we saw... K- yeah. Yeah. Imagine walking from there to Warner Brothers in 20 minutes. Did you see about John Hamm one there as well? Yes. What, what, yeah, was, that, we what was, that was that called? Marjorie Prime. Marjorie Prime. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. And... 
Predator. And Predator, yeah, we saw it in the basement, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just reliving my fans' life. <laughs> we had a good yeah. day. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I, I had a croissant. Yeah, it was nice. Well, next 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 trip, we're going to see uh, blockers, aren't we? So we're going to see John Cena in a film. Yeah. Yes. I and mean, if if we can if we can see him, because famously can't be seen, can he? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't think Golden Days was uh, particularly much to shout home. But I like the characters and everything. But I don't think the film was particularly much cop. I mean, was, mm, was, much cop was much cop. It was barely a film. Uh, Meg, what kind of name is that? <laughs> just like three letters. Three letters. <laughs> I don't know. What else we got in the... Sarah, what's in the news this week, I'm, then? I'm, 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 trying to, to, I'm trying to find some. We have an entire website that puts out news, we'll and we never something. we never actually check it, do we? No, we... That, <laughs> Sorry, that Calvin. There has been news. But th- just, there's been news. Yeah. We have seen some... Oh, did you know the Last Jedi Blu-ray has a score-only mm. mode? Yeah, I read about that. I haven't seen one of those yeah. in years. Yeah. Do you think people will bother watching it? They used to put them on some weird films. Like, Bad Boys had that. Like, Bad Boys had a score-only mode. But you've got to watch a film for the dialogue. Why would you... (laughs) You've got to watch it for the nuance of the writing, surely. Oh, oh, wait. Embargo's dropped, so Tomb Raider review's out. Yay. Spoiler. Oh, hang on. Spoiler. Van liked it. Calvin and I used the same same image for two different articles. Uh, That's embarrassing. That can can be changed. Sorry. Retconned. Mm -hmm. Can be. Um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's production company is going to use inclusion writers. Batfleck and Matty D Bones. Matty D. Uh, Madonna's going to direct a ballerina biopic called Taking Flight. No idea what that involves. Mm. Uh, let's see what else is happening in the world. Let's just not talk about Madonna making a film. That's, that's not. not. Mm. Ooh, that's my favourite news. Lance Reddick is going to be in the uh, Little Has <gasps> Fallen sequel, Angel Has Fallen. Who is he going to play? Apparently he's Gerald Butler's boss. So I think oh, yes. he'll be replacing oh, Angela Bassett, won't he? So last, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, she died in... Spoiler, in, she dies, yeah. yeah. And then... Plane crash. The, yeah, they needed, cups crash. They some needed kind of a crash. proper death, didn't they, in that film? So it was Angela Bassett. You need some weight. This yeah. is what you need. You need a death. Listen, <laughs> listen to me, Greatest Show. This was never going to work unless they had something to rally around. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Lance Reddick is yeah. going to take... And obviously God, most people, Lance I think, Reddick. now, in the mainstream, seem to know him as the concierge in the John Wick series. Mm. So... Yeah. Otherwise, The Wire... For me personally, fringe. But, I, I, uh, would, I would say the wife, me. Um, he just pops up in small roles and things. Like he was in the guest for a little bit. Do you remember about Dan Stevens? And I'm like, oh yes, yeah. he was. Oh, was he? Lot, yeah. That was a very strange appearance. Mm. Um, Die Hard Six apparently is still coming, and now they've hired the writers of The Conjuring to is that, spruce it up. Right? Is that still one where it's going to be part prequel, part sequel, part? Who gives? I, I a think. Shit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's it's gonna you're gonna see. <laughs> You're going to see Johnny Mac like, in, the, in the Academy or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's then, going to be in the 70s. Because it's based on a comic book. It's like book-ended. Yeah, it's it? based on like, a comic yeah. book called Die Hard Year One. Right. And in the comic book, it was set in the Summer of Sam. It was John McClane oh, right. as a beat cop during the Summer of Sam. And he happened upon Spike terrorists. Lee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly how it, uh, it was. Summer of Sam. Son of Sam. So the Summer yeah. of 76. When, the Summer of 76 yeah. when... I just uh, want to watch that film. I just yeah. watch Summer of Sam. Great film. <laughs> Got Johnny Legs in it. How bad could it be? Yeah, it's got Adrian Brody with a giant bloody mark. Uh, awesome. The Bloodshot movie that Sony are trying to develop. They have hired mm. uh, Vin Diesel for it. So, what What is he going to be doing? Well, apparently not making it a box office success because Vin Diesel is not a box office draw. He is not. On yeah, his own. Right. Vin Di- Do you know anyone that actually paid to see the, the Witch Hunter one? What, um, what was that called now? 
The Last Witch Hunter? The last the one with yeah. uh, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I ah. smell a segue. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I've not even seen that. No? And I'm a big fan of Vin Diesel Netflix. trying to have a beard. I know, I should watch yeah. it. What is stopping me? It's, do you know what? It wasn't bad. You I, could, could, you could potentially, I think if they had... They had, had Rose Leslie as well from uh, yeah. Game of Thrones. I think if they'd had a lead who was slightly more charismatic than Vin Diesel is, I think that could have been... Do you know who would have been good for Talk it? Talk about your Mission Impossibles. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know who would have been a good lead for The Last Witch Hunter? Carl Urban. Like, yeah. He, he could have rocked the shit out of that. Mm. But uh, Vin Diesel, yeah, okay. Because, you know, this this immortal that no one has noticed has I been around I guess Vin Diesel's still years. got the clout to just make whatever he wants, doesn't he? And yeah. That comes from making, like, billions of dollars with them um, car films. True that, true that. Okay, so, I mean, not much Michael Caine was in uh, The Last Witch Hunter. Oops, sorry. The, the Michael Caine. Oh, right, yeah. Didn't understand it the first time. <laughs> in fact, I'll tell you what, on the subject of his name, please allow me to play you the following clip from the new documentary, Michael Caine, My Generation. My real name was Morris Micklewhite, which is a bit of a mouthful for an actor, so I changed it to Michael White. And then I came to London, and every night I used to go to Leicester Square in a phone booth and call my agent to see if there was any work. And one night she said, I've got a job for you. It's on television. She said, and you've got to join Equity to Trade Union. So I said, okay, I'll join it. She said, but you've got to change your name. She said, because there's another Michael White already in Equity. So I, I want the name now. She said, obviously, you can keep the name Michael, but I want another surname. So I looked around Leicester Square at the cinemas, and there was my favourite actor, Humphrey Bogart, in the Kane Mutiny. And I thought, this is fantastic. So I said, Michael Kane. She said, how do you spell it? I said, C-A-I-N-E. And that's how I became Michael Kane. If I'd have gone to the cinema next door, I would have been Michael 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> oh, I man. mean, he's, he's great for an anecdote. He, he really is. Yeah, I, lo- know, I love the Jaws 4 anecdote that he says. He says he's, I've he's, seen the house. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen Jaws 4, but I've seen the house. It's an anecdote paid for. Actually, when you hear moments <clears throat> like that, when he's just giving off one of his billion anecdotes, it's amazing that he and Alan Frank are the best of friends. Alan despises <laughs> Michael Caine, and yet... They are very alike. Mm. Anyway, um, so, you know, standard 60s set documentary. Uh, you know, lots of archival footage. Sh- shots of, uh, for instance, Michael Caine driving through a Piccadilly Circus in the 60s. Intercut with him driving through Piccadilly Circus now. And, uh, well, I mean, the times haven't been kind. Is he actually but, driving the car? Yeah. Yeah, she's just going going cool. through in his, in his, in his jag. Yeah, yeah, of course he's got a jag. Of course he's got a jag. Of course he's got a jag. Of course he has. Wood panel interior. You know? <laughs> See, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the at the castle, which technically I, I guess won't be a castle because it's people just being themselves. Yeah. The documentary and Roger Daltrey from the Who is in it. Yeah, so, Marianne Faithful, yeah. Uh, Joan Collins, Roger Daltrey, Lulu, uh, Paul McCartney, Paul Two Thumbs Up, yeah. Paul McCartney, Twiggy. Right. So the basic way this works is everyone who was anybody in London in the sixties kind of just tells us about the good times. There's not really any context to it other than that. It's just, uh, we were waiting for a cab, and then the Rolling Stones came by. Mm. And we said, well, you've not got a song. We've got a song. Me and John here. <laughs> and that was and that was how the Rolling Stones got their first hits. And you know, me, me and John? Yeah. What, that was Paul McCartney. Is that your Sorry, Paul, that McCartney? Paul McCartney? I can't do a Paul McCartney. I was trying to play. <laughs> yeah, Michael Caine smashed out of part. Paul McCartney, not so much. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. All my impersonations of the Beatles sound identical. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I might be don't come from Liverpool. Hello, Homer. I'm George Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a nice fellow. <laughs> <laughs> David Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> You're a musician. <laughs> 
Oh man, I love that episode. Yeah. Now that could be a contender Great. for one of the best Simpsons episodes. Probably could be, yeah. Mm. Um, to be honest with you, this base movie basically, because it's intercut with moments like you've just heard, in which Michael Caine just talks to, straight to camera and just gives you one of his anecdotes, the problem is the whole thing feels like Michael Caine's BAFTA Fellowship acceptance speech with a soundtrack. Mm. And don't get me wrong, it's a hell of a soundtrack. I mean, the screening I was in was the last one of the day yesterday. I was at the back of the screen on my own in my usual seat, the same seat you've sat next to me in, and Mr. Mm. Young's. Um, and down the front, there was Nigel and Matt and, and uh, Maria. And there's literally the four of us watching this film. And, you know, I was just sat there enjoying the music, singing along to all the 60s pop songs. And, and you know, it was a good time, I'll be honest. I, I, you know, I was, I was amused by it. But, you know, it's like a 75-minute tele-documentary. That's all there is to it. Mm. You're not really good. You're going to learn anything about the 60s. It's just anecdotes. Literally, it's like... So it's 85 minutes of anecdotes with a soundtrack. Whilst good Mike, soundtrack, right? Yeah. While yeah. Michael Caine tells you about, you know, where he got his shoes from in the mid-60s. I want, I want <laughs> to know that, though. I want to know where he got them from. So I went to Trafalgar Square, yeah? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and they were brokes. Right up brokes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a- oh, this, is, this is really turned into a trip, hasn't it? It really has. With their brandy and their cigars. <laughs> right. Oh. Um, just say, I wouldn't say it's anything to particularly shout home about. It's, it, it's a pretty bog standard, you know, you see this on BBC Two, Tuesday night at 11 o'clock kind of documentary. Mm. And he doesn't, doesn't have any ideas of being anything above that anyway. That's it. It's just Michael Caine amusing himself. Being Michael, well, you when know? you're Michael Caine, you can do that. Exactly. It's fine. He's an older gentleman. All he does is literally round up people and tell them stories on a loop. That's, that's just... Yeah, that's but when it. you get to that age, you've kind of... Earned, like, <laughs> you've earned it. Yeah, and I feel like people can't really tell you what to do or what you... Like, I've got a theory, but like... Because right now, I can't really... I can't wear a hat. I've got this thing you where... You can't wear a hat? Well, I can, but I look like Is it like, like an a idiot. group thing? Is it like you, people think you have a strange-shaped head, but in actuality, it's just a hat? I think it's just a complex that I've got where I just <laughs> feel like I don't look good in a hat. That's why you don't like hats? Yeah. And then, like, I feel like when I'm, like, 65, 70, mm. I can wear as many hats as I want. This... And, and because I'm 70, I'm an old man, I'm not going to care what people think. I, I, I want to carry around a, a stick and, and like hit children. <laughs> just, just shout at kids. <laughs> shout at children. Hit them with my walking stick, yeah. and then just just you know blame it on the fact that I'm old and, and losing my mom. Crazy old man, old man Connor. <laughs> um, they're doing an animated reboot of the Rocketeer. Did you know this? Uh, no. Okay. Why? Why? That was that was an odd one. Were we going to do a sequel at some point? You would or imagine a reboot when... or. I don't know. I don't know. Did I hear we were going to do like a female-led... television show. A female-led reboot of that. Of which one? Of The Rocketeer. No idea. That'd be Not cool. a clue. Yeah. But did you know Adam West was snubbed from the Oscars in memoriam? Adam so? Wee. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's, there, there was a bunch of There like, were a few people, weren't fairly there? Fairly high-profile snubs. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know the year that Harvey Weinstein dies? Do you think he'll get mentioned? Do you think they'll like whitewash him from Oscar history? Have you seen um, this? This is related to it. Have you seen yeah. uh, the John Mulaney, Nick Cole, uh, Spirit Awards monologue? For, no, for no, I have not. I shall look that up now. Yeah, um, they they make a point of having one scene and when he dies and being in a memoriam segment, and it is brutal. I will look that up because yeah. that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, we'll have to watch it. Uh, do you remember that Motley Crue biopic that's been coming our way for a little while? Yeah, it's, it's, it's happening. It's it's a Netflix film now. Is it a Netflix film now? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They've uh, 
They, they've cast Ozzy Osbourne for it. Yeah, some guy that was in, was it, he was in School of Rock, but He's not the in, yeah, film. The Nickelodeon series that apparently spins out of it, which I've never heard of. Oh, Tony Cavallero. I mean, so, that's a great name. Yeah, but I mean, look at the dude. He just, that, that dude kind of looks like, yeah, he could, he he could, could channel Ozzy. He could Aussie. be Ozzy, yeah. He could totally channel He could be Ozzy and he weirdly looks like Jack Black. Like he's got like a Jack Black <laughs> expression. Does. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't know there was a TV series of School of Rock. I knew there was, and obviously there's the stage show as well. And uh, Yeah, the, the stage The, the stage show that's got its own songs written by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which what? means... Uh, yeah, exactly. Shouldn't a School of Rock stage show just be, basically be... Just be a jukebox musical. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the point yes. of School of Rock. Yes. They have one original song. Yes. That's the whole point. <gasps> yes. You're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> but the legend of the rent was way, was hard way hardcore. hardcore. <laughs> In the ancient time, there was a man who knew boy. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, do you know that movie? Do you know that movie really way that better than I give it credit for? That film is great. The soundtrack's amazing. The performance is really good. The kids aren't too annoying. Yeah, I just, I just, I have a hard time with Jack Black. I do. Do you? Are yeah. you? Are you that guy? You're that one person. That no, has my an issue thing with Jack, with Jack Black. Black is, and I've said this for many, many years, mm-hmm. and every now and again he confirms it for me. Jack Black. Kung Fu Panda is the best animated franchise of all time. Thank you. I've met your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Your wife has told me many, many goddamn times. She loves Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) She really does, doesn't she? Um, My thing with Jack Black is, I think he's fine when he's a sporting player. I don't think he's a lead. I don't think he's a lead. I can't enjoy him as a lead. Bernie was an exception. That's a great film. But then I see that as a... Richard Linklater. I see it as a Dick Link film. <laughs> Dick Link. Dick Link, yeah. <laughs> Dick but yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. I mean, other than Bernie, I don't think he works as a lead. And every now and again, he comes back with something where he is a supporting player or he's part of an ensemble. Jumanji. And it works. Uh, Jumanji being the most recent example, uh, to an extent, Goosebumps, like 18 months earlier. Yeah. Prior to that, I think it was uh, Tropic Thunder. That okay. I, mean, I think he's great in Tropic Thunder, but mm. to be fair, he's basically one-fifth of that cast. So... I like him as a leader. I like him in Natural Libre. I feel like you couldn't get anyone else to be that. Never got on with that one. Did you not? Never I really did. Natural Libre. As, yeah. as I was talking about the way, I, I do like Jared Hess's kind of sensibility. Yeah, he used to have a thing for his uh, his work. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what else he is the lead in, really. I'm just, I'm, I'm blanking on it. And uh, there's a bunch, but you just forget that he's in for Oh, yeah, there's loads. Mars Attacks. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, the Jackal. Oh, God, remember that? I just want to sprawl. Yeah. <laughs> he was in, don't forget, he was in an X-Files episode. Lest we forget. He was. Lest Season three, I believe the episode's called DPO, and the get- two big guest stars mm. were Jack Black and Giovanni Ribisi. Of course, Bow yeah. before my knowledge. Jack Black gets killed by lightning, yo. No, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think he works well as lead and supporting, but best one ever, Barry driving me up town five, high fidelity. Surely. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Kathleen Turner overdrive. overdrive. <laughs> but for tonight, we'll be... Very jive. <laughs> that movie's basically your Bible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Well, that book is my Bible, and then the film is... Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a reenactment yeah. of your Bible. So, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I, I know pretty much every line of that film. Uh, yeah, I, I have bits from yeah. it that I, I quote. I mean, uh, was it, am I, am I uh, miserable because I listen to pop music, or am I listening no, to pop music because I'm miserable? Yeah. Yeah, top but. five records. Oh, God, I love that movie. Yeah. A Cosby sweater. <laughs> it's a Cosby sweater. A Cosby sweater. Oh, 
Simon, I found it your golf buddy. <laughs> I actually like that movie. Has a great moment in it, which Jack Black enters the store and there's uh, I forget what band are playing. Bell and Sebastian are playing, and he walks oh, yeah. in. We are introduced to Jack Black literally with the line, "Holy, Holy shite! Holy what fucking the shite!" Fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> It's sad bastard music. <laughs> yeah. This is my money, money mix ever made for you. <laughs> Got me a snort laugh there. <laughs> His vintage jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that movie. And also Lisa Bonet in that movie. Sorry, Mrs. Momoa. Mrs. Momoa. Call her by her name. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Momoa. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, Ready Player One seems to be getting some press, doesn't it? Yeah, right. should, should, should we end with a very quick discussion about that? Because we mm. kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Off air. Because, you know, we, we talk when we're not just being we, recorded. We converse. We, we're workplace we proximity associates. Associates, yeah. <laughs> Never friends. Um, yeah, I, I'm still a little bit... Are you on the fence with it? I'm on the fence, yeah. Mm. I know that. I mean, like I said to you earlier, I think... The first reactions have been fairly strong. Yeah, uh, really which, positive. But yeah, uh, like, <laughs> who knew Spielberg could make a blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, um, like, 1941, <laughs> great film. Always amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm all about Amistad, man. All about Amistad. <laughs> and Munich. Munich. <laughs> that's, that's, they're, just, uh, they're just taking names in that one. <laughs> yeah. I am all in on the terminal. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like Ready Player One is one of those, and we get one about every decade now. You get that one movie, that one Spielberg movie that doesn't look or feel like a Spielberg movie. It's just brilliant, and you don't expect it from him. So and I'm what, thinking what of Minority thinking? Report, for instance, which didn't feel at all like a Spielberg but movie. But it's brilliant, yeah. But was really cool and stylish. had a very distinct look. and Yeah. No, yeah. it does, yeah. And got loads of people like moving their hands around, like the moving screens. And, yeah. yeah. God, I the think... technology in that movie makes no sense, does it? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. That was, what, 2002? And was the, it as early as that? It was 2002. And the manner, in the manner in which he transferred a photograph from one screen to another was to stick it onto what is effectively a flash drive and mm. then walk across the room. He used the... Uh, we have Dropbox. He used Scientology for that, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we have Dropbox. We have AirDrop. We have... Goddamn MMS now. You know, mm. really? Like, that was the best they could come up with. Like, we're talking about Hollywood writers couldn't come up with a way to wirelessly transfer files. Why are you not a Hollywood writer, then? No, exactly, I know. Yeah. That. Predict what we're going to be doing in 10 years. <laughs> when we do Minority Report 2. All holograms. <laughs> there is a Minority Report 2, though, technically. Is, what? Ah, did you not know this? Is it a TV uh, series? Oh, there is a sequel. Oh, is, is it in continuity? It's in continuity. Because oh. it's set 10 years I kn- later. I knew there was a sequel. I didn't 10 know or 20 it, years later? I thought it was just taking the premise and the title. And Ooh. Oh, no, it's, it's... Oh, look, there's a recognisable IP. What's up, that? Stars My Dream Lady. Who's that? I, no, I honestly can't remember it. <laughs> Megan Good. Megan Good, that's it. Not, um, not Megan, not bad. Not Megan, not bad. Megan Good. Uh, Megan Good from the little scene uh, Bonnie and Clyde riff starring Tyrese, Waist Deep. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is a movie that exists. Just putting that out there. Because wasn't there Bonnie and Clyde with uh, Emil Hirsch? I have no idea. I feel like I was. I drown out the memory of most Emil Hirsch films, if I'm honest. You just put it out into the wild. Yeah. <laughs> Clever boy. Uh, oh, I'm a real know. speed racer. We really are. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so I think that kind of wraps it up for us this week. Really? I'm, I've got no more bad jokes. <laughs> I got nothing. In which case, here it is, your moment of gauge. That's what she was there for. That was the plan, to give you a boner. <laughs> and you got one.